Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild card! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. Welcome to Industry Focus. I'm Nick Seipel. Today we'll be discussing options, what they are, how to use them, and mistakes to avoid when you do. My guests today are Foolish Options gurus, Jim Gillies and Jim Mueller. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, Jim. Uh, great to have you guys on the show. I talk to you guys, I guess, around the virtual office these days, around Slack all the time, but to hop on the podcast with you guys um, is fun. As I mentioned, we're talking about options today. Just first off the bat, what is an option? So an option is the is a derivative security and that what that means is it 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 derives its value from the price of something else in the, in in most cases uh, shares of some company and it it gives you it gives the owner of the option the right to either buy or sell 100 shares per option contract at some agreed upon price which is called the strike price on uh on or before some expiration date in the future uh, which could be anywhere from a week away to a couple of years away. So the, the right to buy is a call and the right to sell is the uh, put. And there are always two sides to this, uh, to this story. There's the buyer, the owner of the option, and there's the seller of the option. And so there's always two, uh, there's two parties to this. And the, in order to buy the right, the buyer of the option has to pay the seller a premium, which is the option price. And that premium is the sellers to keep regardless of what happens. And so you would, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's, that's a basic explanation of what options are. Yeah, just remember uh, the right to buy, B, buy is a call, BC, and the right to sell, S, is a put, PS. So PS, BC. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it's probably the first time I've actually said it on air in 10 years. So, you know, nothing <laughs> like getting to, you know, getting to the point, right? Okay, so you talk about an option as a derivative. It derives its price uh, from the underlying security uh, that, that's related to the option. Why would someone buy an option instead of going and buying that underlying security, that underlying stock? Well, the, a first reason, what if you're bearish or what if you think the underlying stock is going to go down? Um you're actually going to go buy a put option, right? Because a put option profits when the stock falls. But uh, assuming you're positive about the stock, why would you buy a call option rather than buying uh, the underlying stock itself? The simple answer is leverage. Uh, if, uh, say, a stock is about $75, and I want to buy, say, an 18-month call option that strikes. Remember, as Jim said, Jim Mueller said, the strike price is what you would buy the stock for. So let's say the stock is at $75, and you can buy a $75 call that expires in a year and a half, say. Uh, you can do that for $11 or $12. So if the stock, say, goes from 75 to 100 over the next 18 months, the buyer of the stock would go from 75 to 100. They'd make $25. That's a 33% return. The buyer of the call, who let's say they bought it at $11, and I have a very specific stock in mind when I say this, um, 
if you bought at at eleven dollars and the stock went to a hundred, that stock or that that call rather would now be worth a hundred dollars minus the strike price seventy five. So that would be worth a total of twenty five dollars. Twenty five over eleven. That's what nearly a hundred and fifty percent return. So you buy the stock alone, you make about a, a one third or a thirty three percent return. You buy the the call that I've just described, you make. 150% ballpark. Uh, so, you know, it's pure leverage. The downside, of course, is if the stock doesn't go up, if say it only goes to 80 or 75 or even 70 at expiration, the you'll still own the shares at expiration. So you can hope for further gains in the future. The option goes away and let's let's say the stock goes to $70. So you paid $11 for it at, at striking at 75. If the stock goes to 70 at expiration, you get a big fat goose egg. So leverage, potential upsize returns come with elevated risk of losing the capital in play. Right. So a $75 stock purchase going to 70 is only what less than a 10% drop. Yeah, it's a, a 7% a, drop or something like that. Something like that. The But if the stock is at $70 at expiration, that call is worthless. And so you have a 100% loss. So you get leverage on the upside, but you also get leverage on the downside. And that's not nearly as nice. Now, you could you could also argue, Nick, that, well, you know, if, if the stock is at 75, and, and spoiler alert, the stock I'm talking about is Starbucks, because it's a nice, easy stock that everybody knows. And it's about $75 today. If, if you bought Starbucks at 75 today and you came back a year for a year and a half from now and it's at 70, you wouldn't be terribly upset, right? Starbucks is still, you know, but if you bought the call options, uh, you could say, well, I only put $11 in as opposed to having $75. So maybe it's not that big a deal. The problem is if you could buy 100 shares, say, of Starbucks, that would cost you 7,500 bucks. And so let's say you so you got that seventy five hundred bucks hanging around, and then the the call option would cost you eleven hundred bucks because as Jim uh, Mueller said, it it it's a hundred hundred shares per contract, so it would cost you about eleven bucks. It's actually about eleven fifty, but whatever. Uh, so it would cost you about eleven hundred dollars to buy that. You might say, well, you know, it's, since I've got seventy five hundred here, what I'm going to do instead of buying one hundred shares, I'm going to buy six contracts of the calls. So I'm going to spend almost my full 7,500. And then again, if the stock goes up, it's tea and metals all around. We love that. If the stock say goes to $70 a year and a half now, you don't just lose 1,100. You might've purchased more calls than represent more shares than you would have purchased. So uh, the, the key thing for using options foolishly uh, that we've drummed into people for 10, 11 years now is you know, know the reward, always know the potential rewards. We're usually really good with knowing our potential rewards. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're, I, I, unfortunately, at the focus sometimes, we forget our potential risks. So always understand what's my potential reward and what's my potential at risk here. So I think we've skipped over a couple of concepts uh, along the way. Sure. So um, a call remembers the right to buy shares at an agreed upon price uh, on or before the expiration date. So that makes money, that becomes more valuable as the share price goes up because you can buy shares at 70, uh, to, use, to use the example we're using, you can buy share, 100 shares of Starbucks at 75 if the share price is at 90 or 100. 
okay? Because you can exercise your call, you can exercise that right and force the other person to sell you the shares for $75 a piece. And then you've got, so you've purchased shares at $75 in the future when the shares are at 100. The downside to that is if the shares are at 70 at expiration and you have not yet exercised that right, that, that option, then why would you pay $75 to exercise the right when you could go on the market and pay 70 for those same, for those same shares? Which is why we say the op option expires worthless because nobody in their right mind would spend $5 more to buy the, to buy the shares. Yeah, if you can find that person, you should send them flowers. Yeah, right. <laughs> the 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 other side the the put the put side is they go they they make money when the share price goes down because now you have the right to sell your shares at an agreed upon price so again using starbucks and that $75 strike if the shares at expiration are 60 then you can force the other side of the contract the other person in the contract to buy your shares at 75 when in the market, you could only get $60 for them. So that's why a put becomes more valuable when the share price goes down, because it guarantees you a higher selling price than the current market price. And with a call, it guarantees you a lower buying price than the current price if the shares go up. The, the problem is if the shares don't go the direction you want them to in the time that you've allotted, okay? So you have to be right on the direction and on the time. And so, with buying options, we that's why we tend to use really long dated 18 month, 24 month options to give the share price enough time to move in the direction we want it to and stay there so that we end up with, with something worthwhile rather than saying, oh, I'm gonna do this with a one month option because I think Starbucks is gonna go shooting up over the next month. And that only gives the shares a, a month to, to move and in the short term, we all know, at least I hope we all know, that uh, there's no way to predict the, the movement in, in such a short term. You have a much higher chance of being right in your movement direction if you give it a longer term time frame. So fun, fundamentally, the buyer of an option receives leverage by moves in a stock either up or down. The movement of the option will be impacted on a, at a higher magnitude than the underlying mm -hmm. stock would be. However, they exchange... Uh, for getting that upside, uh, they, they exchange a limited time frame in which for their thesis to take place. And if their thesis doesn't take place, then you're going to lose 100% of your investment. Whereas, hey, if I own Starbucks and it falls $5 a share, I'm down less than 10%. But where if, where if I own those options that you talked about earlier, there's 100% capital loss potential for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, Ish, I, there's a lot apologies fools uh we we've been doing this for so long and we've done this so many times that we will probably skip over things so i i i'll i'll plug uh yeah, I'll, I'll throw a plug in here for motley fool options which uh mr Mueller is is the advisor of and which i have a I guess i'm the advisor emeritus i was there <laughs> for a long time and now i'm up here in canada most of the time um your your response there was 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 mostly right uh, but there, but with the problem with options, and it is a problem because uh, what we've talked about with people for years and years and years is this is a new tool that you're using. When you, you when you learn to use options, it's a tool for your investing, um, for your portfolio to enhance your returns. Okay, and it's a tool that you're going to deploy ideally over the next several decades. Um, you know, and you're going to find some strategies that work for you. Uh, and so, but realize that because it's a new tool, it's a new understanding. 
it sometimes takes some time to get comfortable with the nomenclature, comfortable with the ideas at play. So, so what you were talking with there, Nick, uh, you were emphasizing or looking at the leverage, which of course I kind of started with leverage. Uh, so it's probably my fault that you quoted leverage. Um, is that's one reason. But but for example, and again, we're using Starbucks as our as our whipping boy example, whatever here. Uh, so Starbucks, so it's about seventy five dollars today as we're recording. Um, and let's say you're you own it, but you know you're a little nervous about a second wave of the the virus that's going around, and you're concerned that maybe it's going to be a little bit lower in the future. And so you would maybe buy a put alongside your stock, okay? And remember, the put benefits from uh, if the underlying stock falls, the put gains value because again, the put is the right to sell, and you've bought the right to sell at seventy five dollars. What you've done by marrying uh, a, a long stock or an owned stock with a long put is you've essentially insured the price of your stock. Okay, you've just, you've essentially bought an insurance policy. So that's not really leverage, right? It's, that's a I bought insurance when I wear the same as buying insurance on your house or insurance on your car. I have insured that no matter what happens for the next eighteen months. I have protected my value of Starbucks by buying this put. So if Starbucks say goes to 50, just to, to pick a, a silly price, um, Starbucks goes to 50, that would be a one third loss for the shareholder, but the value of a put option and a $75 put option today is about $12, just over $12. The value of that put would go to 25. So the value of the put would go from 12 to 25 at expiration, and you could just sell the put at expiration and you'd pull in that $25 to offset the $25 drop in stock price. You're not made whole because the cost of the put, you did have to buy the put. So like, like any insurance policy, insurance costs money. And some people, get worried about about their stock price. And so they they use the, they buy options. In Motley Fool options for years and years and years, we've always emphasized we are more often sellers or writers of options than we are buyers. Because if you are insuring your stock price, insuring all of your stock prices, I just said that that put for 18 months is about $12 on a $75 stock. That is 16% of the share price. Do you want to pay 16% over a year and a half? Let's call that what, uh, 12% or 11% for a year, 10% for a year? That's expensive insurance. So we, we are always, we, we've often, we, we're not real big on buying options for insurance or buying options for anything but you know what, what we think are sure bets for upside because it is expensive. Okay, so that brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about. And, and definitely, folks, it's impossible to cover every possible nuance uh, when it comes to options. So, so definitely do, do some, some side reading, look into Molly Full Options, look at the resources that we have uh, at full.com. And there's great stuff all across um, the internet. But so if you've done some, uh, some reading up on options, you're comfortable uh, uh, with that area and want to learn more about it, where would you recommend someone starting if they wanted to, to take, dip their toe into uh, investing in options? I would probably start with a covered call. It's one of the simpler ones to understand um, and one of the easiest to set up. 
okay? And a covered call is you buy 100 shares of some stock. And the idea is to sell one call per 100 shares with a strike just above the, the current share price, the, the price you buy it at. And you get paid for that. So that's income to you. And if the share price moves up to or above the strike price at expiration, then you get that gain up to the strike price. So again, using our whipping boy Starbucks, uh, say it costs you $75 to buy uh, the shares and you sell it three month. Now, now we're talking three months because this is a, a, a shorter term strategy that you can do over and over and over again. And note, every time you sell the covered call, you get paid, right? So that that's that that's the appeal to this. Getting and paid so, is good. Getting paid is good. And so, uh, what's uh, I don't have my uh, chain up. So what's a I have it. No. Uh, so what's a eighty dollar call going for in an eighty dollar call? So October. Starbucks Starbucks stock price as we speak is just over seventy five dollars. So let's call it seventy five. And an eighty dollar call, you would get about three dollars and fifteen cents. So that's October. Yeah. So that gives you three dollars and fifteen cents with the promise to sell your shares at 80 bucks because um, the buy, the owner of the call is not you though. So the owner of the call would pay you 80 in three months and say the shares go up to 79 by expiration. Well, the owner, is not, the owner of that call is not gonna exercise it because it can buy shares cheaper on the market as I said earlier. And so then now you've got 315 and you can sell an $85 call expiring in January, okay? and say the shares go up to 82 by January. And now that, so now you've got another $3. So now you've made six, six and a half dollars. And now you do it again, selling in February, March, April. <laughs> we do this in three month steps. And sometimes I just have to work it through in my head. Uh, in April, and you do it for the 85s again, because the share price is down at 82, 81. But this time the share price goes up to 90. Now, so you've now made, Another three dollars and twenty-five cents. So we're up to nine seventy-five uh, in Call income. Call it ten bucks. Call, Call it ten. 10 bucks. So we're up to ten bucks yeah. in income uh, over nine months, and we bought it at seventy-five, and now we're going to sell it at eighty-five. So we've made another ten dollars from the sale price because you, because those shares you let them be called away, uh, you let them be sold. So you've made twenty dollars over nine months, which is in real money terms because we're talking per share prices, a single contract is 100 shares, so that's $2,000. So you've made $2,000 when the share price went up only 15. You've made 20 when the share price only went up 15. And you and yeah, so you, you, can, you can boost your uh, portfolio returns by doing that kind of thing over and over and over again. And you can just do that uh, as an income strategy uh, with, uh, with covered calls and generate a nice nice stream of extra cash income into your portfolio. And this can be done inside uh, IRA and other uh, tax advantage accounts, or it can be done in a taxable account uh, or in both places. And so that's, that's a very nice strategy. I would not, there's a couple of things to be aware of though, okay? This is an income strategy, okay? Income, those premiums you're being paid for selling those calls. Do not care. Do not worry what's happening with the share price. Okay, you want those premiums because that's your that's your income. And if you get a bon and and you get a bonus by selling your shares at a higher price sometime down the road. Okay, that that's your that's your return. If Starbucks goes to 
two hundred dollars. Two hundred and fifty. Yeah, exactly. Two hundred two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Coffee as a service. <laughs> that yeah, coffee as a service. That would be an amazing story, <laughs> dominating the financial news headlines. But you're you have that eighty five dollar call that you sold. Sh- shares are way. Uh, oh, we're not we're not videotaping. Shares are way way above. Uh, is the strike price, but all you get is the strike price. You do not get any of the money above $85. Okay, so remember that. You are selling away all the upside above the strike price in return for that premium, okay? So, but if you can do this over and over and over and over again, then it's a nice stream of income. So don't do this on those high flyers, please, because they will move uh, massively yeah. high and you don't get any of it and you will lose it yeah no uh, jim has said here i think it's really important nick what jim just said there about by selling a covered call by by engaging in covered calls you are selling the upside so you are implicitly saying when you sell the upside in return for a premium even if it's only three months you know we've talked about starbucks it's a 75 we're selling the upside above 80 like if we're doing a three-month 80 dollar covered call you are implicitly saying by selling the upside above $80, I don't think there is any upside above $80, much beyond the $3 uh, call premium we would get. And there's a time value of money argument you can pull in there as well, you know, but, but for all intents and purposes, you are saying, I do not believe there is upside beyond the strike price, or if you prefer, beyond the strike price plus the premium. So when you uh, when you engage in this, there's no moaning after the fact if, if again, if Starbucks becomes coffee as a service and goes to $200. Um, so the, because you entered a strategy where you are willing to take a, a cash premium today in return for the, the perceived upside. The, the other thing I wanted to, to emphasize to, to, to lever off of what Jim said there is, yes, you, you can do this and should do this in, in tax sheltered accounts where possible. If you do it in a taxable account and you do it with shares that you have long owned. So let's say you have Starbucks going back to the early 2000s and you're, or even 2008 I mean, fools, you could buy Starbucks in, in, the, in the, the teeth of the credit crisis. You bought Starbucks for $4 a share. Dead serious. Okay. So now it's $75. You've got a near 20 bagger in Starbucks. That's a heck of a capital gain. And if you start doing covered calls on shares you have owned for a long time and where you have a large unpaid, unrealized capital gain, the day your shares are taken from you, you have just triggered yourself a nice large tax bill if it's in a taxable account. Don't do this. When you are going to do covered calls, we have always advocated the concept of the buy right, okay? So most people have different types of accounts. They have a, uh, they have a, a tax sheltered account. They have a, a taxable account, whatever. Wherever possible, set up, buy new shares for your covered calls. Even if you already own shares of this thing long-term, especially if you own shares in another account with a, a, a high unrealized capital gain, buy new shares and work your covered call magic on those new shares. Don't give yourself a tax bill because we promise, we 100% promise, I'm, I'm so confident in this, I'm willing to speak for Jim over here as well. We promise at some point, you're gonna lose shares you don't wanna lose. Yep. So uh, we call this rule number one. 
If you do not want to sell your shares, do not write that covered call. So again, always do this with brand new shares. If you only have the one account and you've got some long held shares, buy new shares. And then when or pick that, another target for covered calls or pick another target. But most brokers will now allow you to specify which shares uh, are sold when the covered call is, is uh, exercised. If you do it within a certain amount of time. So be, talk, talk to your broker before you do that uh, to make sure you, you, you understand how to, how to set that up because you don't want to trigger that tax bill. So when you talk about covered calls, I can hear a lot of beginner investors saying, hey, I have to go buy 100 shares of a stock to even set up this Mm -hmm. strategy. What would you say to someone like that that says, hey, I don't have enough cash uh, to run this type of covered call strategy? Well, I mean, you don't have to do it on Starbucks, right? (laughs) I mean, uh, there, there are stock prices in the 20s and 30s and teens and even single digits you could do it with. Uh, the important thing is make sure it's a company you know and understand. So just regardless of the share price, like, you know, uh, doing this on Amazon and it's $3,000 share price, probably out of the range for most retail investors. I'm confident in saying it's beyond my range. So I'm just not going to do it. Plus, I don't want to sell the upside of Amazon. Um, the, you know, you can pick some, there's perfectly acceptable targets at much lower share prices. And, you know, so one covered call of a $20 stock, it costs you 2000 bucks for the, uh, for the, um, for the shares, you're probably going to get back to a dollar 50 and $2 for the, for the call option. So you're going to get back 150, 200 bucks there. Um, you know, and then it's selling, you know, a strike price that's near, near at say the 20, $25 stock price or Twenty two fifty probably our strike price. Um, you're you know it it it's not that expensive really. And if if even that is too expensive for you, then then fools, trust me, options aren't for you yet. But the yet. options market, yeah, yet they will be there for you when you build your portfolio to a size where where you can do that. Um, but you know, just take your time and. You know, learn all you can. It, it's funny. I mean, we, we we could literally talk about covered calls only for a long time. The 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 so-called Bible of options investing, folks, is uh, by Lawrence McMillan. And it's called um, uh, Options as a Strategic Investment, and it weighs about seventy-eight pounds. Uh, it's about thirteen. It's only exaggerating pounds. a little bit. <laughs> it, it's a it's a heavy book. It's a it big is. book. Um, <laughs> You know, and it's it's about uh, I think it's fourteen or fifteen hundred pages. Uh, yeah. I believe I, I don't have my copy down off the shelf at the moment, but I believe there's something like eight ten chapters on covered calls. It is it is easily the strategy, and, and there are all kinds of different strategies, folks. Uh, but it is the strategy that McMillan spends the most time drilling it into your head to understand because it is very much a bread and butter. And and one last point in covered calls, because I don't think we mentioned it earlier, uh, and it ties back to what I said earlier about always know the risk and reward. So Jim's done a very good job of explaining the reward and the repeated nature of, of, uh, of covered calls. The risk of a covered call, what's important about it, okay, is that it is really, really, really hard to blow up your portfolio using covered calls. So sometimes people will say option strategies are risky. It is uh, almost nigh impossible to do serious damage to your portfolio with covered calls because 
you're not actually taking on the, the leverage that some other strategies do. You're just running an income strategy. So for newcomers to two options, it is comparatively safe. And a lot of times you'll hear, oh, options are so risky. They're so scary. But of course, also options are where you can make these multi-bagger gains in short order. Um, the scary stuff and the risk of catastrophic losses is the price you have to pay to get the potential multi-baggers. Uh, whereas a covered call is a very simple, it's an entry-level strategy, very, very low risk. Um, literally, it's actually lower risk than buying a stock. Let's say catastrophically, okay, a $20 stock, you have to pay $2,000 for a contract or buy, buy 100 shares, right? A covered call on it that, say, pays you back two bucks, you're paying net 18. You buy the stock for, 2000, for 20 bucks, you get back two from selling the call. Then let's say the company is complete utter fraud, goes to zero before expiration. The guy who bought the shares, and, and that doesn't happen, fools, but I'm just being silly. Unless your name is Luck and Coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, but even Luck and Coffee is not a zero. That's true. Right? right? I mean, it, it, even it's not a, it's a, it's not a zero. Um, it, the, the, the guy who bought the stock alone and, and is out 2000 bucks. The guy who did the cover call is out 1800 bucks because, yeah, the stock's worthless, but so is the call that you sold. So, you know, it's actually a way of reducing your risk in a position. So a covered call, if you've heard nothing else, this is where you want to start, fools. And and I get that it's boring. I get that it's slow. It should be. But it is a much surer route to getting getting options working well for you and really helping your portfolio uh, over over time than spending money to buy a two-week call that you hope this price will go up high enough, fast enough for you to make your money when the odds are that you will lose your money instead. Yeah, at 100% of the money. The, yeah. the, the, the people who like to speculate on one or two month or less than one month buying out of the money calls out of the money means the strike price is above the stock price. So if the stock price so Starbucks, again, we'll go back to Starbucks. since it's a good example. Starbucks at $75 today. If you are going to buy say, well, we're recording this midweek. Uh, you can buy Starbucks options expiring in two days, a $75 or uh, an $80 call say, um, well, that's a pretty bad example. So let's say next month, an $80 call next month. If you say, I think Starbucks can still go up, you're going to spend about $1.60 to buy a one-month call option on Starbucks. Now, that's not much money, right? It's going to cost you, you know, 160 bucks. 160 bucks for, for a month. And if, the, if Starbucks is over 80, let's say it goes to 85, you're going to triple your money. Well, the likelihood is Starbucks is not going to go to 85 in a month. It's not. I mean, it'd be nice if it does. I own shares. I'd be happy. Um, and so like, you're not going to you're not going to be satisfied with only a few hundred dollars. So you're going to buy ten of these contracts. Yeah, exactly. Or 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 more. So uh, the likelihood is you're going to torture money because the stock will not go above uh, the strike price. And these options time time erosion in the last month of an options life can be pretty brutal. That time erosion refers Nick to how fast the premium goes away. If the stock is if if the the stock is is below the strike price, um, the call, yeah. Uh, so so you're gonna you're gonna see that money go away fairly quickly. Uh, so baby steps, be boring. Trust us, fools. It, it is it is a better way. It is more exciting than just buying Starbucks and putting them in the wall safe for a while. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Because you're doing something every three months, right? So. <laughs> 
So it sounds like uh, you talk about the covered call, the fact that, that your downside um, is limited, some of the mistakes that, that new investors make, thinking about all these leveraged returns that you can get. That it, it sounds like for a beginning option investor, what's really important is to not you know, get your eyes focused on, look how much money I can make if, 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 the, if the things work out, but to really understand what is my risk uh, if, if my thesis doesn't play out, particularly in the context of what you said earlier, that the vast majority of options that are bought end up expiring worthless. Yeah. Always understand your risk. The reward will take care of itself, but yeah. understand your risk. Yeah. The more, the fewer unforced errors you make, the better off you'll be. So, um, but we can talk one more strategy that does give you a bit more leverage, but requires a bit more time in, in return. And that's called a, called a bull call spread. And this, and this costs less money than a covered call, but it, it takes 18 to 24 months to work out. So the idea here is, again, Starbucks. So uh, do those strike on $5 or $250 increments? They, they strike on $250. So the stock okay. is at $75. So let's do $72.50 and $77.50. What do you think? Okay, so... A okay. bull call spread is ideally set up using the furthest out in time options you can find. Find that option, then stop looking, as as Jim told me once years ago. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like a decade ago when we were having this <laughs> chat. It's like, yeah, right. go out as far as you can. Stop. stop looking, and if all you can go out is six months or nine months, don't even bother. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, again, because you want to give the share price enough time to move in the direction you wanted to move. Okay, so it is buying a call that is striking just below the share price, so the 72.50 January 2022, and it is selling a call just above the share price, so the 77.50 in January 2022 expiration, and ideally it will cost you right around half that price, uh, strike price difference. 77.50 minus 72.50 uh, is five dollars. Okay, and so you you want to aim to pay right around half that, so two and a half dollars. So what's the price? Okay, so the January 2022 $72.50 call option on Starbucks, you're going to pay $12.75 for that. So fools, okay. if you've got your pen and pencil down or pen and paper. So you're going to pay $12.75 to buy the $72.50 January 2022 call. Then if you're going to sell or sell to open the January 2022 $77.50 call, you're going to get paid about $10.40. Eh, pretty close. So, so net net. Yeah, it's almost like we've done this once or twice, Jim. Um, net net, you are going to pay about $2.35 for this particular spread. Okay. Okay. So $77.50 is above $75 is $2.5 out of $75, which is two it's about three percent. Call, call it a three percent gain. Call it 3%. Okay. So if at expiration in January 2022, about a year and a half from now, if at expiration the share price is anywhere from a penny to a thousand dollars above that uh, the $77.50 strike price, that spread is going to be worth $5. Okay? No more. No more. Because and that no short, uh, the short call is, is working against you, pricing against you. So all the big gain in the long call is offset by a lot of gain in the in the uh, short call, the sold one. So $5. So you would close that by 
buying to close the 7750 and selling to close the 7250 in January 2022. And you would close that for as close to five bucks as you can manage, probably around 490, 495. Off of, so you're, you're doubling your money in 18 months. You're you doubling, yeah, you're doubling your money effectively off of a 3% yeah. upwards stock price move. Yeah, that's there's the your sweet part. There's your leverage, Nick. That's the sweet part. So a 3% stock move gives you a 100%, or in this case, a better than 100% return in 18 months. And that is fantastically sweet. Yes. Now, As you talked I, about I, earlier. I do have one caveat to that, because I always have a caveat. Yep. Yeah, what, what's the risk, Jim? Ah, well, there you go. The, well, okay, there we go. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Uh, the risk is if the stock is below both strike prices at expiration, so if it's below 7250 as Jim just said, whether it's a penny below, so it finishes at 72.49, or whether it's say Starbucks is a fraud goes to zero. Starbucks isn't a fraud. But you know what I mean. Doesn't matter where it is below 72.50. Below 72.50, both options expire worthless. You lose 100% of the money you invested here. Okay, in so that's case, your risk. In this case, 235 per contract pair. Right. So, so this is uh, all options are risk reward, risk reward. So your risk is you will lose a hundred percent of the money you invest here. Okay. The reward is you can, or the potential reward is you will double, or as Jim says, slightly more than double what you put in. So, you know, and, and off a 3% move, there, there's one other little risk to be aware of here. And I, and I apologize in advance. This is slightly esoteric, but it is something to be aware of. Okay. And, and Jim knows where I'm going, I think. Um, Starbucks is a dividend payer. So Starbucks pays a 41 cent dividend every quarter. They also have a history of raising it. Okay. So there's a good bet that by the time 18 months pass and we, we, we come up on the January, 2022 uh, expiration of these, I'm, I'm willing to bet the dividend will probably be higher. Okay. And so the problem here is when the stock price is above the upper strike price, the option that you sold, the call option that you sold. So above 77.50, you run the risk of that option will be assigned early. So whoever buys it from you will exercise it early in, to steal a dividend away. Okay. And now there's 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 kind of a weird formula, and 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 the problem is what'll end up happening. The mechanics of this is if that were to happen to you, you would end up being short the shares on on the the ex dividend date because when you when a call is assigned against you, they pay you the money, the strike price, but then you're short the shares as you have to close that out later yourself. But you, if you are short shares on the ex dividend date, you Nick Seipel have to pay the dividend. Okay. So you don't really want, you don't really want that to happen. And look, there's what, six, seven dividends between now or five or six dividends between now and, and uh, expiration of these. Um, you're probably good for the first three or four, unless Starbucks runs up to 150. Don't worry about it because there's, uh, there, there's something called time value in an options price uh, that will, there will be sufficient time value. That's just what the market ascribes to the option for the chance of, of being in the money at expiration. You're probably fine for the first three or four, but as you come up to say the dividend payment right before expiration 
or the, the one closest expiration, or maybe the two if the stock runs away on you. Um, those are where you want to be aware. Uh, you know, and, and so maybe you close your spread a little bit before if the stock has run up and you've got most of your value, uh, rather than me going through the, uh, the esoteric calculation so here. Talk to your broker. Many, yes. At least two brokers I know of, uh, Interactive Give Brokers warning. Yeah. and TD Ameritrade, I know give you a warning mm. ahead of time, ahead of the dividend, X, X div date of the dividend saying, your option is at risk of being assigned early because the uh, technically the remaining time value is less than the dividend, okay? And and we're not gonna go into what time value is, is here or how to find out. Uh, you, you, can, you can find that on the interwebs quite easily. Um, and so the person who owns that call is going to exercise it early because they get a bigger economic benefit by capturing that dividend rather than keeping the remaining time value. Uh, but the situation is the share price has to be above the strike price of the sold call, from your point of view, the sold call, and the dividend has to be large enough. Uh, so to, watch, make it uh, yeah. to, to make that to make that action against you worthwhile. Um, it's it's solvable. You you can get out of it. You can recover from it fairly easily, but it's a it's a bit of a hassle, and and you don't want to be on the on the hook for that uh, forty one or forty six cent dividend that Starbucks is paying. Yeah. So, so, so there, we, there is there is that one wrinkle. Um, so if you do a if you do a bull call spread on a stock that doesn't pay a dividend, then you're home free. You, or, I mean, at least you don't have to a, worry about that. Or a stock that that cooperates. Right. For, you know, by because again, bull call spreads. You you don't want to. Um, hey, we're we're doing this via Zoom, so you don't really want to do a bull call spread, say on a fast grower, like really volatile stock like Zoom. You don't, right? Because, right, because who knows where it's going to be. Yeah, um, and if it goes up a lot, then all you've got is that five or ten dollars spread, and the shares are up a hundred bucks. So exactly. Now the good news is Zoom doesn't pay a dividend, so you wouldn't have to yeah. worry about what we just <laughs> talked about. But you know. For a bull call spread, you kind of want a nice, big, quality company that's kind of boring, frankly. Um, you know, that's not gonna. You're not really expecting fantastic upside from, and you're not really expecting, you know, big risky downside. Because I mean, look, uh, if 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 I told you guys, you know, a year from now, you can't look at the market between now and uh, one year from today, and I told you. Zoom will be either 50% higher or 50% lower. Could could you favor one of those two outcomes? I don't think you could. I, I think you could probably say, yeah, I could see Zoom uh, or pick any of the other recent high flyers that were considerably lower, say, in March of this year when, when the market uh, got freaked out about the virus, uh, the pandemic. Um, so, but, you know, if I came back to you and said, hey, a year from now, what do you think is more likely? Starbucks will be up 50% or down 50%. I think you'd probably both be picking door number three and going, eh, I don't think, I think it's going to be within the boundary. Like the most likely is it'll probably be, you know, plus or minus 15, 20%. And, and so those are the kind of companies you want for, for a bull call spread. You want, again, options. And, I and for a covered call. And for covered call. Exactly. I, 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 and, and options are, I know they get a lot of press in like Robin Hood right now. And it's very, yeah. it's <laughs> exactly, um, it's very trendy and, and, and people are getting fools, options. 
done foolishly should be calming and boring. You there's there's lots of excitement out there in life. You don't need because again, everyone loves upside volatility. We all love upside volatility. Downside volatility is not so pleasant, especially when you are playing with various forms of leverage. Yeah, I mean, so it, so it sounds like when, when you mentioned that the bull call spread, it's almost kind of a way to inject some extra risk into some of these more boring stocks, inject uh, some little more upside into a stock that you have high conviction on that maybe isn't going to rip 100% on you, but, but you are, have some high conviction that it's going to appreciate in value. Yeah, it's a way of leveraging slow and steady, right? Slow and steady wins the race, and bull call spreads can be really fun ways of, uh, of, um, of leveraging that slow and steady return. All right, folks. So, so that's a covered call. Bull call spread are both two strategies you can try out if you're interested in learning about options. Before we go away, uh, for both of you, uh, both the gyms uh, that I have here, you mentioned Robinhood options becoming very, very popular, at least uh, throughout 2020. What would you say to folks who are just getting started? Last words of advice to them. Um, if you're if you're a part of a group that is doing this kind of together, like your, your, your friends are doing this in trading, don't believe everything they say to you on, on all their fantastic wins, because I bet they're not telling you about their fantastic losses too. We hate to look stupid in front of others. We hate to admit that we made a mistake. So we're probably not reporting our losses. And if all you hear, if all the echo, echo chamber like things that you hear from your friends is everyone's making money, how come I'm not? they're losing money too. Trust me. They're, 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 uh, and if they're saying, Oh, I haven't had a single loss. They're lying to you, man. I, I, I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, and look, uh, fools, Jim and I, I, I'm not sure Jim, when you started using options, I I'm, I can see my third decade looming in terms of my own personal options. I'm coming, use. I'm coming up on one decade. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, I guess I, I'm older than I look. Now I'm probably not. No, you started. Um, you started earlier. You're younger. Than I, me. I I did start early. Um, you know, I was I was uh, in my 20s, and I'm no longer in my 20s. Um, but you know, but the 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 key part of this is, as Jim says, they, they're lying to you. And look, uh, I'll, I'll flat out say uh, I have probably made every mistake you can make. Uh, in using options over the years, okay? If you had a good three hours and a nice bottle of bourbon, we could we could enumerate my errors over the years. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. I learned from all of them. Uh, fortunately, I've been uh, lucky, fortunate, smart occasionally uh, to mitigate because I, I never lost sight. And, and, and Nick, what you've just asked is what, what's the thing you'd impress? I never lost sight of the risk and reward. So even when catastrophic things happened, and I've had a couple of things which were like, well, that's going to leave a mark. Um, you know, the, I always knew going in, here's what my potential risk is. Uh, and, and so, you know, you can you can at least recover from that. And then you also have other various rules, which you might impal uh, on your on your portfolio. So, you know, I'm, I'm not I have a certain position size and a certain amount of leverage I'm willing to take and, and a willingness to to call things that don't work. But always, always, always know your risk. And I guarantee you people who are newcomers to using options who are finding it out from, from some of the apps. And I, I, I hate to bang on Robin Hood, but I'm going to. Um, 
it's it's almost too easy. People are using too much. Uh, there people are using leverage they don't understand, um, and and they're having a good time. And 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 if I if I can disclose with one quick example, there's a particular type of strategy called selling puts. Okay, which I'm not going to go into, but it's it's very similar to covered calls in terms of risk reward profile. But it's also one of the riskiest things you can do if you don't really fully understand what you're doing. And the problem is, and I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again, is someone takes a small position, like does a, a small position to try it out and it works out and they make a few hundred bucks and this is good. And they'll do it again and it works out and they make a few hundred bucks and they feel good. And they start to increase the size of their bets. So instead of doing one contract, they do two and it works out. And now, now, now they made double what they made before. And so now they're starting to gain some confidence and boy, isn't this fun. And I'm going to sell five puts. I'm going to upsize my original bet by a factor of five and it works out. And well, Nessie, now I'm an expert, right? Now I'm, I'm going to teach classes on how well I do at this. And the next time I, I upsize to 10 contracts and the underlying stock falls 30% and you get wiped out. And the I've reason you get wiped out is because by selling that put, you are promising to buy the shares at the strike price. Yep. The owner is going to sell them to you at the strike price. Remember, that's what the put option is all about. The owner gets to sell at the strike. The seller has to fulfill the other side of that. Yeah. So, it's, it's, remember I said it's akin to if you buy a put, it's like buying insurance. If you sell a put, you're, sell, you're the insurance company. You're selling insurance. Yeah. And what happens to a, an insurance company that sells more insurance than, you know, it sells, uh, it sells hurricane insurance in a hurricane corridor. What happens when a hurricane comes through to that insurance company? It goes bankrupt. So don't be that guy. Yeah. All right. So, so fundamentally understand your risk. Keep that in your mind at all times. Don't fall in love with, with the upside uh, that could happen to you. And I think it, a fundamentally important thing to, to realize is if you don't understand what your risk is, you're gambling. And more often than yeah. not, uh, you're gambling. I mean, even, even folks who walk into the casino, at least you know what your odds are. Um, if you don't understand your risk, it, it's arguably even, even worse than gambling. So, so make sure you understand what you're doing. Uh, be cautious. Dip your toe in. And, uh, you know, lean on, lean on resources that you have, whether it's at The Fool or, or other, other places. Um, online. I want to, Jim Gillies, Jim Mueller, thanks so much for joining me to share all your options, knowledge. If folks want to uh, you know, reach out to you and, and you know ask some more questions, where might they be able to find you? Uh, they can ask. They can ask us questions directly because we're not allowed to give answers privately. Uh, but if you want to uh, join the option service by way of joining Total Income, drop me a line at jmueller at fool dot com, uh, m u e l l e r jmueller at fool.com and I'll send you a link where you can sign up for the option service. We have a bunch of boards, a bunch of experienced members who are willing to answer questions and a whole bunch of educational resources. Thanks for joining me on the show, guys. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against the stocks discussed. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for making a sound so great. For Jim Mueller and Jim Gillies, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.